Hello everyone and welcome back to The Sister Show, The Black Woman Experience. I thought I had spoken a lot about uh, most of the people that I've encountered in my life. Not every single person, you know, I can't detail the account of every single person. But mostly those who've made an impact in my life. And mostly because this first you know segment of the um the first segment of the show is about detox is really just speaking out how i feel and how i felt for so long because i've been gaslit for so long and no one really even cares to listen chances are if, if the people who i'm talking about and people like them when they hear the things that i say in this podcast they will probably be triggered for no apparent reason because i'm not even talking to them but because they're likely to do the same thing they probably won't even see anything wrong with anything that's happened to me or the things that i've said like i said the things that have happened to me are not just happening to me it's happening to black women it's a black woman experience so i i'm really just saying all these things out there so that they feel validated those who listen to this those who find their ways to this recording they feel validated and they know that maybe certain thoughts or certain feelings that they feel or uh, thoughts that they have that people are telling them they're not supposed to have maybe they may feel all right with having that knowing that someone else has gone through it because it does it does feel good when you know when even though misery loves company we're not supposed to wallow in our pity but to know that you're not alone and you're not crazy is it, it feels very validating it actually feels very relieving to know that someone else has gone through this all right what are we gonna do from here hopefully so i haven't actually gone through everyone <clears throat> the last time i talked about a, the parasitic friend i had called ida who used me as a chauffeur and i guess she never really had she never really liked me i was just a means to an end for her like to the extent that she even poisoned me but there was another friend that i had and this is this happened while i was in university so this i won't say friendship this parasitic relationship lasted for about a year by the time i went into my second year i had to deal with the other person who i needed to remove from my life to thrive so yeah this friendship with this parasite lasted about a year we kind of felt a bit longer though but anyway yeah so i met this so ida was a parasite and i met this other friend called Brittany through her they went to the same secondary school and everything i don't know i think if i remember correctly the thing that brought us together was um Ida, they all went to the they went to the same secondary school, and also Ida's best friend at the time called Flora. Flora, I always call her Flora, but that's not her name. <laughs> I always thought it was Flora, but now she has a new name. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, um, it was her birthday. No, it wasn't her birthday or something. Anyway, she came to visit Ida, and be- and because you know the friend Flora, Ida, and Brittany, they all um went to the same secondary school they all had common ground and because i was friends with Ida and everything you know the means to win it the chauffeur for the for the week so i think we all sort of bonded in my in my apartment at the time we just we just you know living i don't know what to say we weren't doing anything anything outrageous or anything <clears throat> so um and i think what happened is that weekend um when her best friend went back to london her fr- she went with her friend and they all meanwhile we were all sleeping in my apartment okay at the time so so i just say and ida had her own apartment but 
it's too complicated let me not get too <laughs> let me not get too lost in the details the point is that her best Ida's best friend came to visit when her best friend went back to London she went with her I guess to go visit family and friends and I was um stuck with her friend Brittany obviously she had her own, her own home to go to but then we we I guess through some if when we reminisced back to our childhood we we um we took we we bonded on how much we both liked disney and reminiscing on the good old days about disney channel and stuff like that so i think that's what really brought us together but because now that i'm out of that situation i'm looking back and i'm realizing that we have absolutely nothing in common we had nothing in common absolutely nothing in common apart from the fact that we both liked disney when we were younger like we had absolutely nothing in common <clears throat> but the whole reason why now i see her as i see her for who she really was is she wasn't like ida who would ida who would actually ask for the things she ida would how do i how do i say ida was more open with her needs knowing that i would offer to help you know do whatever it is that she needs maybe drive her somewhere or something knowing but with Brittany, it was more of like she sort of I don't know, I think she sort of I'm trying to figure out the difference between them honestly speaking, but I know they, they went about it differently. The strategy was different, but it was more or less the same thing. With Ida, she needed me as a chauffeur, so she kept giving me constant validation towards how pretty she thought I was. Sometimes she'll be like, if only you can see me the way I see you. And the thing is, it was so irritating to hear those things because I wasn't so insecure that I needed someone to keep telling me that. It was irritating, but if I felt like she needed to say it, so I just let her speak. But I guess in her mind, she thought she was actually deceiving me. <clears throat> but with Britney, Britney was, I don't, I don't know. But what many, what really it took me a lot a lot a longer time to come to terms with Britney because I didn't I didn't stop talking to her until when I was going into my third year and I met her through Ida so I guess we knew each other for about around the same we I knew her and Ida for about I'll say the same amount of time but with Britney it was more of like because I didn't have the self-esteem to 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 enforce my boundaries i had low self-esteem and i was always people pleasing you know driving people places and we always went mcdonald's a lot not even not only just me and ida but me and Brittany, we went to mcdonald's a lot and when we get there she would say she doesn't have money and i'll be like oh i'll buy it for you you know and she would give she would give me that look you know that look when it's like you're so hungry haven't eaten since you haven't eaten since 1999 and you're like someone just offering to buy you food you're like oh my gosh that is you know that feeling forget the facial expressions but the feeling that's what this girl will express on her face whenever i offer and i haven't bought her food just once i haven't bought her food twice multiple times why because she has her mother two kids but she's but she had i don't know what relationship they had because she complained to me about her mother but then we'll, we'll happily run back into our mother's arms if something is needed. So I didn't understand. But because I had this, this situation with my own family, I, I, in a way, I sympathized. So she didn't really like asking her mom for money, but she would ask. Maybe her mom would give her a lot less than she'd want, but she would ask. So whenever we go to McDonald's, she would say that she doesn't have money and I would pay for her. And she, what I, because I was always trying to save money, I wouldn't, I will, I'm actually very satisfied with this, with the cheeseburger and fries. Cause I really like McDonald's fries. I really like their fries. The burger is a side to me. 
but I can't eat chips on its own. So it's a package, <laughs> but I'll get like two fries and one burger. But she got way more than me, okay? The, what she always wanted was like the, you know, the big tasty, which was around seven pounds. I guess I offered to help her. But looking back, I offered one, two, I don't know how many times. And I'm not saying this because I want her to pay me back. It's just she'll make it seem like it's the most, it's the precious, precious thing you can do for her in that moment. And I never, all the love that I've given her, not only when it came to McDonald's, like when we were in university, we didn't have big, we didn't have we didn't have um big commitments yeah we went to university because we had to we woke up early because we had to but our time management money management was just not even existing at that time so despite the fact that we had student loan and if we managed our money enough it would have been enough to you know help us throughout the whole term but yeah we just spent money anyhow so we still had to get a job at least i did and i got a job out of necessity and it was a it was a warehouse job oh my goodness i hated that job so bad but I had bills to pay, so I so I did the job. So anyway, it wasn't those jobs where we weren't committed to those jobs in the sense that we could call whenever we wanted to work. But despite all of that, I I would I wouldn't work every single day because I didn't want to work every single day. I didn't like it, but I didn't have as much money. I still didn't have as much money as I wanted. So practically, I was still broke, but I had enough to get by. But despite all of that, I would still find a way to make to help Brittany I will still find a way to um to buy her food we mostly shopped at Aldi and Lidl because they were the closest you know our money management wasn't good so if Sainsbury's or Tesco's was there we would have bought them it was closer we would have bought them more often but anyway I would the money that I rationed to buy for my to buy food things for myself I would share it out so that she can have some things too. Maybe buy spaghetti and whatever and make her concussion or whatever it is tastes good to her. And it's so it's not just the McDonald's thing, isn't it? I mean, it's the McDonald's thing and then the shopping thing. And there's this, what I now realize, she was draining me emotionally. She was draining my energy because I didn't have the self-esteem to enforce my boundaries. So she would always call me because I was always available. And it's not like, well, she's calling me. We're not talking about the stock market. We're not talking about our future. We'll talk about irrelevant things. It could be something on Instagram. But the one thing that drained my energy the most that I put towards this girl was she would call me and complain about her boyfriend to me. She would complain that, and I'm not even exaggerating, okay? Because it's, it's going to sound as stupid as it sounds. This girl will tell me she texted her boyfriend at 3.30 and it's 3.35 and he hasn't responded. Or it's 3.33 and he's online and he hasn't responded. Now she's calling me to tell me how pissed she is. She's calling me to, she's telling me to somehow, somehow cuss him out or whatever. She's telling me, and I used to take it as a joke because it sounded so absurd to me. I didn't even realize until after the friendship that really she was just childish. Like, and so when when she starts to say makes it seem like men are trash she says jokingly because i treated it as a joke so she would say the truth of how she was feeling jokingly she come and say men are trash because she texted him at 3 30 it's 3 33 or 3 35 and he's he's he hasn't responded i'm like and i'm at expending my energy to this girl giving her advice saying um 
Give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, you never know what he might be doing. Maybe he's at work. Maybe something that he, you're not in this, you're not in his situation. Then this girl will be like, oh yeah, you know, he did tell me he was going to work. Oh my goodness. The exact emotion that you would feel when someone's shouting health ass girls are like a headless chicken to now tell you that the boyfriend told her that he was going to work. He told her he's going to work. He told her the time that he's gonna go he's gonna be at work. But he's lucky enough that he has one he had one of those jobs that he could keep his phone with him. So it's not like he can be on his phone texting. He has, still has a job to do, but he told her he's going to be at work. He told her that I was going to be there. He also told her um, the fact that he won't be able to re- to respond. Then she'll tell me these things. And I would jokingly be like, what is wrong with you? I guess she didn't take me seriously. But I'm like, what is wrong with you? How childish could you be? I didn't think that at the time, but now I know now. How childish could you be to expect your boyfriend to drop drop his job drop it for whenever you call but i guess i got i guess i got her used to it this girl we will it, it started gradually this it wasn't like all of a sudden she started calling me after that weekend with you know all of us hanging out and stuff like that she would call me like on a saturday at like 11 o'clock that's early okay for a uni student who don't have who I, yeah my man time management and money management was out the window that was i'm not gonna okay let me not exaggerate because that that makes it <laughs> that makes it sound bad i don't i can't remember the time all i know is i was still sleeping <laughs> and she would be like oh she just wants to check up on me so i think oh it's just a quick it's just a quick conversation something because when she called me i thought maybe something happened so you know just checking up on me and, and I thought I'll be thinking it's a quick conversation so I'll be think I'll be waiting for her to be like oh all right then all right bye no we would end up talking for two hours and rather than me saying I didn't say that I didn't like it but I guess I kept picking up the call so it became a bit more frequent rather than a week it would be days and days in a distance we went to the same university but I hardly saw her on campus because the campus is big we have different time schedules and everything um so yeah it started getting more frequent it was it was weekly before it came i don't know bi-weekly or, or i don't know no, i don't think it's bi-weekly anyway it just started increasing gradually to the point that she will be she can call me multiple times a day just to complain about her boyfriend just to complain about something stupid that she as a grown woman should have known how to deal with she'll come to complain to me about it was mostly her boyfriend honestly maybe she'll see something on instagram or we used to send each other memes on instagram or something also she it was very irrelevant things like you're meant to be around people who push you to do better be better inside and out she wasn't one of those people unfortunately and i don't know why i i i like between her and ida i liked her more and i didn't know why i liked her more i think it was with ida ida was more open about what she wanted despite the fact that i would do it she would guilt trip you and manipulate me but britney was britney's more the victim type oh poor, poor me or oh, oh no, no no not poor me not poor me more is like more of like things are always happening to me this is always pissing me off and i really need it it's just it's a different flavor of the same manipulation because i don't think there's a way i can accurately describe it right now to make it seem different but it is different because britney didn't ask but there was a way that i would always do things i guess out my people pleasing but you know anyway 
if someone's if a gen if a genuine friend sees that you're doing too much then they will tell you to calm down or something or you know it's not that deep or whatever no but she accepted it okay she accepted it she didn't care about anyway let me not get too carried away but yeah she would call me multiple times a day and i would give this girl i would give this girl pep talk he's your boyfriend give him the benefit of the doubt maybe he's sleeping maybe this happened maybe this happened and she would always complain to me about a bunch of things that are so unreasonable and only when i start giving her advice would she then start talking sense and start saying oh yeah how he did actually tell her this he did actually say this and i'm like how dumb what is what is the matter with you but i would only say it jokingly then but then um after that thing happened with the parasite Ida and Irene and I saw her for who she was I was really hurt because I saw that girl as a sister I saw her as a sister the fact that despite the fact that I knew that when I come to terms with the fact that she was using me I I still I was I didn't even I said all those things to her which I will not apologize for neither will I ever take a syllable back because she deserved to hear every single thing the reason why that friendship even thrived up until that point was simply for the fact that i was sugarcoating the truth to her obviously narcissists don't want someone who's going to call them out every single time but she knew i had boundaries to an extent and she didn't like that so she'd only tell me certain things up until she hits that boundary or ask until she hits that boundary and even when she hits that boundary it's not like she's going to recede with joy she's going to jokingly insult me so when i realized that that's what she i was i was so hurt and i was angry but the anger was not only at her for the fact that she manipulated me and when i knew that when i when i saw that she was manipulating someone else you know what her excuse was her excuse was well he's allowed himself to be manipulated that's what she said like as long as you give up the opportunity to take advantage of it she's gonna take it it's kind of like well what, what am i supposed what am i supposed to do like what are you expecting that's stupid and foolish thinking anyway so when that happened i was really i was really i was i won't say i was i was i wasn't i was more angry not only at her for the fact that she used me but i was angry at myself for the fact that my intuition had been telling me my issue every single thing she had done my intuition told me what was happening but i ignored it i even had opportunities before we moved to the city where our university was we even had the opportunity i even had the opportunity to not even have her in my life there was a chance there was a point where i could have turned back but i didn't take it because i didn't i was trying to be nice but it wasn't nice it was people pleasing it was it was insecurity it wasn't being nice because being nice is what got me used in the first place but i was angry at myself and i had to take that anger away from myself i was so angry at myself for the fact that i didn't listen to my intuition because people like her people narcissists they come in different flavors in the sense that they use different tactics to enter your life and get things from you but it's the same wickedness like is it like the devil is the the, the, the devil is a devil okay he, he he tells lies all the time and his minions and his agents um, use that same what's the word they follow that same consistency they're gonna always lie to you so even though they may look different depending on where they are it's still the same that's what i'm saying it's still the same wickedness but i was angry at myself for the fact that i didn't and and, and i let her into my life for months which in if i if i had used that time to heal as i was intending to i would have gotten so far but i allowed this parasite into my life and i allowed her to to even to anyway 
I was mostly angry at myself. I was angry at the fact that I didn't listen to my intuition. So when I was starting to heal, this, my friend Brittany, I'll just call her and I'll vent to her on the times when she was available, that was. Because I told you that she called me very often to dump her, her, her emotional garbage on me. But when and but whenever I called her, she'll be like, "Oh, okay. Uh, do you need something? Like, what do you need? Like, like I'm only meant to, we're only meant to be talking when I want to talk. But you're not meant to call me. That's the attitude I got from her. She wasn't really there for me as a friend. The times when even when although I did vent to her, I did vent to her about the whole situation with Ida. She wasn't really. She wasn't really providing support. Like, I did want someone to listen, but what I was really looking for was validation because it was my confusion and my mistrust of my intuition that got me into that situation in the first place. Like, for genuine, mature and healthy women and people that want to see their friend do better, it's not just... It's, you, you should provide a listening ear. But if you're really trying to help someone... If you're really trying to help someone be better, it's a bit more than just providing a listening ear. Because apart, like I told you, whenever I didn't get what she wanted, she'd always jokingly insult me. And as I'm venting to Brittany about this, she's telling me how, yeah, whenever she used to say those things to you, I used to hear it and I used to give her a look. What the fuck is the look going to do for me? She used to tell me how she used to give her a look. You know, like, like, like a look. Ugh, ugh, I don't know. She just gave her a look. I don't know what a look was supposed to do for me then and why she's telling me now because what is it supposed to do for me now? But the thing is, one of the things that sort of broke the the bond between me and Brittany is when, I, when she told me that, I was like, wait a minute. This friendship had gone on for months. Ida has used me for months. Ida has been devaluing me for months. You're telling me that you saw every single time she did that and you gave her a look? You never even called her out. You never even called her out. Like, all you just did was give her a look. What is a look going to do for me? And what is it doing for me now that you've told me? It brings me no pleasure whatsoever to know that you gave her a look. Like, she, Brittany tries to make herself seem tough. But it's like, if you're so tough, why didn't you say something? You're meant to open your mouth and speak. But she didn't do that. So I'm like, okay, why are we friends? After that thing that happened with Ida and I'm reevaluating my life and I'm trying to understand how I could, how I allow such a person into my life in the first place. And I'm looking at every single person. I'm like, okay, why are we friends? What do we have in common? And I'm really evaluating this, this friendship. And now I realize I always buy her food. I, I always buy her food. I always offer to drive her places, food from McDonald's and supermarket whenever she has too much so-called pride to ask her mother whenever too, too much pride to ask her mother I would buy all these things for her and um, I would drive I would drive us to wherever it was that we were going um, she, and whenever I drive my friends places even if it's to another city I won't even ask for petrol like I drove all of us to London for, for Flora's birthday and I did not ask for a single drop of petrol a single penny for of petrol in fact Ida in her selfishness and her in her selfishness and her entitlement expected me to then drive us to the restaurant we were going to after driving two and a half hours to London I should now drive to the restaurant but then she lied and said 
oh, oh and when I said we should take a taxi, she lied and said, oh, she doesn't have money. And what did I do? I offered to, I paid half the taxi fare for everyone that evening. Oh, goodness. But with Brittany, when I, while I was, I was reevaluating my life and I'm looking at everyone because I didn't understand the fact, despite the fact that, you know, I ignored my intuition. I was, I'm trying to understand why would such a thing happen to me? Like I was really only people, I was people pleasing, but you guys are just never satisfied. You know, I was people pleasing, people pleasing, people pleasing. You know, I do things for other people at the expense of myself. I would sacrifice what I had for them. And they were so ungrateful, so entitled and would manipulate me into continuing to give them more. So I'm trying to understand how could I allow such a person into my life and I'm trying to heal because I have a lot of emotional trauma, trauma at the time. And that's what led me into the arms of such a person, not being able to enforce my boundaries because I wasn't given the environment to do that. So as I'm looking at Brina, I'm realizing, okay, I buy her food, I buy her McDonald's, I buy her shopping sometimes, I drive her, um, drive, we drive her to wherever we're going sometimes. Um, most of the time, sorry. If it's not that we're walking she calls me all the time and sometimes yeah we may not even we sometimes we she will facetime me yeah she facetime me she well let me not speak <laughs> um she calls me all the time because i'm always available to dump her emotional garbage on me whenever i need her she's not she's never prepared and sometimes and it was mainly facetime she always facetime me so um I'm having so many words wanting to come out of my mouth at the same time. So <laughs> Anyway, she'll FaceTime you all the time. And sometimes we'll, the conversation will be done about after an hour. But we'll just keep it on FaceTime, pause, and doing our own thing. And just having each other breathe. And the funny thing is, I'll actually I'll, I'll be doing this. But my phone will still be on FaceTime, hoping she'll come back. But now I realize that because I was always available for this girl... I was background noise. Like, you know when you turn on the TV so that, you know, you just, it's not quiet. I was background noise for this girl. I was background noise. Not a person who she can dump her, her rubbish emotional garbage on. And then someone who she can, who will be speaking to her to keep her, to keep her company while she's doing her own thing. And she'll FaceTime me and then pause it and then go on Instagram. So I'm like, why are you calling me? and i didn't realize at the time i didn't have the self-esteem to realize at the time that i was background noise for this girl and you know she'll call me on facetime and i'm like why are you facetiming me if you're not gonna show your face it's like don't call me on a normal call i know what to expect then but wow so i buy her food i drive her places i mean her emotional garbage and after everything that happened to Ida, she tells me that she's giving her a look she's telling me how she noticed how she used to make certain comments about my body and everything and she used to give her a look as if that's gonna do anything for me and i didn't understand why you what are you expecting me to do (sighs) with that information but anyway i started realizing that so when i when i started you know getting more control and being in my own solitude and dealing with the anger and the grief that i felt not only over the situation with Ida, but from you know family emotional trauma and everything you know, it's a process and it's not a comfortable process because you have to cry everything out. I have to, I had to cry everything out. But now I'm realizing that, oh shit, I'm just, an, I'm, she, I'm just someone she calls. Like sometimes we'll just, she'll just call me just to say one thing. And then from then we'll just keep the phone on FaceTime and we'll just be hearing each other breathe or doing our own thing. Just so that whenever she wants to say something, she can, um, 
she can just speak. Like, anyway. So, yeah, when I started, I started cutting up, I started cutting the calls with her very, like, when I realised, okay, we have nothing to say, I just end it there, I just end it there. Like, I don't even, I'm not even trying to, I'm not trying to be her emotional garbage person anymore. So, I'll just cut it short. And if I'm correct, I think I will see, like, a 1%, 1% sadness in her eyes. But... Yeah, so, but it then it, within two or three hours, she will call me right back again. And I'll be like, my phone used to be on Do Not Disturb all the time. And then I put her on favourites so that her calls can come through. Then I removed it from favourites because I realised that she does call me way too many times. So, yeah, I don't... But it was also disappointing for her because I, I realised that she actually didn't care about me. All she ever, ever did to ever... Not that my friends are responsible for making me feel good about myself. But then again, you wouldn't want to be around people who make you feel bad about yourself. Wouldn't it be better to get into a, uh, get into a friendship with, with people who speak life into you, who tell you compliments or who give you the truth with not seeking... Like, you know them enough to know, even when they say a blunt truth, that they're not trying to hurt you, you know? I don't want people who just gas me up whenever I feel ugly because they just want me to feel good. Not that they don't mean it. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm wearing a dress... And they think it's ugly, but they're just gassing me up, <laughs> like fake gassing. Like the way the way your parents will tell you you look good when you know you're looking ugly. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want this type of friends. Like I want friends who actually speak life into me, friends who speak positive things into me. And if I happen to be friends with a parasite like Ida, I would expect my genuine friends to point it out. That's what a genuine friend is supposed to do. They're not supposed to pull me out of the trauma that I was in. But then again, if you had genuine love for me, as you said, because words don't mean shit if your actions don't back it up. But if you have genuine love for me, as you claim, I'm sure even if you can't, even if you don't know the correct words to speak into me to make me feel good about myself, I'm sure the most basic thing you can do is to call her out on it. But what did she do? She gave her a look. A look. And then she'll come and tell me to dress better. That's what she cared about. Like, I guess she was more focused on her outwards appearance and making that look good than working on the toxic shit on the inside of her. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that she would only tell me to dress better because I have a big ass. That doesn't do anything for me. Like, if I'm... If I'm if I'm if I'm emotionally scarred, what does having a big butt have to do anything? Unless I'm just gonna go around seeking validation by getting attention from guys, and I don't want that. I don't care about that. You know, I have a personality. I want to be happy. I want to live life. I want to make memories, and I want to do things. But I couldn't do it while while I was friends with them. And although I couldn't see at the time, they were the people who were hindering me because of the, maybe a certain way that they would behave towards me. Because imagine our minds, yeah, like a bathtub. A bathtub that is clogged, filled with dirty, stinking water. The dirty, stinking water needs... Um, imagine imagine a bathtub is our brain, okay? It's filled up with toxicity and negative words and everything, you know, toxic. For... <sighs> to, get, to get the bathtub clean... Even, let me just say, the bathtub is clean, uh, sorry, is dirty, filled up with dirty water. The water is draining slowly. But imagine if someone is now continuously pouring dirty water into it. It's not going to ever drain in time. So that's how it is with getting rid of toxic 
thinking patterns and toxic behaviors. You can't be around people who keep adding to it because they may not blatantly say mean things to you like you're stupid. They could, it is definitely included, but included, but not limited to, they can't just, they won't just only say, um, you're stupid, you're this, you're that. There will be little, little jabs here and there or certain things that they may do maybe because you're maybe because in reality your personalities are not compatible so there may be certain things that they'll do that will trigger you and that is still adding to that dirty water that's what it is it's the words that they say the things that they do the things that they don't do everything the whole thing about them is just adding to the dirty water so i'm not saying like my friends are responsible for coming to clean out the clean out my mind but most definitely they should not be adding dirty water back into my into my tub they shouldn't be triggering me to continue to continuously stay unconscious they're meant to want me to do better but i didn't get that from them all i ever got was just her emotional garbage she had other friends I guess I don't know why I didn't see it at the time. She had other friends that she preferred to hang out with. And yeah, I was just I was just just someone who's always all readily available and readily readily available to receive them with their garbage, ready readily available to help them. So yeah, I'm not really saying that um my friends are responsible, but then again, you sh- you're supposed to be friends with people who do not add to that toxicity in your life to do do not act um add to um your negative patterns because we all have some negative patterns that we need to get rid of but you can't get rid of it in a toxic environment so in a sense that they were hindering me because they weren't really my friends and i guess that's why i never really felt vulnerable with them you know because your body never lies intuition never lies even if you're people pleasing someone and you you secretly don't like you deep down don't like them you're just people pleasing out this insecurity your body or you if you pay attention enough will your body will tell you you will have some just you will just have some natural reactions to certain things and you can't deny it you can't even you can't deny it and you i don't think it's something you can even try to control because it just happens without you thinking so i i never really felt that i, I never felt like i could be vulnerable around her but it was really that was another disappointment the, the bigger disappointment was Ida but with Brittany that was also another disappointment but she has her own issues that I don't really think I think our lives are heading in two different directions because she's actually comfortable the way she is so I don't think she's gonna change you know she's quite comfortable I was I even give her you know pep talks about emotional trauma and stuff like that and she doesn't even care to do anything all about about that I think she is aware that it exists, but she doesn't actually care enough to, um, she doesn't care enough to actually fix it. And those are the type of people, because when we are, when we are in, when we have that cloud over our lives, when we don't deal with our trauma, we, we're living in fear. When, when people settle with that fear and they don't do anything about it, they don't look for ways to get out of it being in that state causes us to act in certain ways acting in in, i don't know i'm not going to mention specific things but it might from the minute minute act to very overt acts it will may cause us to act in ways that go against love so they'll be mean or whatever so when you see someone who's settled into that fear has no intention of changing it just looking for ways to accommodate it 
you need to separate yourself from, from such people because it's only going to get worse from there. They're not going to all. They're not going to be mean to the world or tox, toxic to the world and come and be nice to you. There's no exceptions. If they're nice to you, it's because they're looking for ways to groom you into accepting that. Not that they see you as a special except um ex hey. <laughs> exception. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Exception. I don't know if that's the word. I don't know why I'm stuttering on that word. Anyway, you're not going to be the only one that's not going to get it. Everyone's going to get it. But anyway, so... Yeah. That was the experience I had with Brittany. I thought it was necessary to say that. Because... These friends, they... I think it's sometimes people are friends... People are friends with toxic people. But because they've been friends with them for a long time... They feel it's very hard to break free from such people... Because they're afraid of how they're going to be seen. But... It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time, honestly. It's not going to get better over time. If If someone sees you as emotional garbage... Whatever it is that they saw of you from the beginning... That brought you guys friends... Unless you guys emotionally um, mature emotionally together it is not gonna change if they're using you now maybe you're in university and you continue to be friends with them even while you know you get out of university or you go get married you get in a relationship if you start a good thing start happening to you and good things are happening to them they are going to be jealous and they are going to look for ways to sabotage you whether they do it deliberately or not just know that it's gonna happen so when you know of anyone who has any toxic traits but maybe because of the relationship that you guys have, maybe you've been friends for some years or your families know each other. That is no excuse. You're not, you're not even God wants you to be, to deal with such people. Separate yourselves from such people because it will only get worse from there. They will continue to use you. If good things happen to you, they will not really be happy for you. Maybe they may try to sabotage it or something. But yeah, you know your situation. Listen to your intuition. And be free. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say. I don't want to ramble on. Because I feel like I could ramble on about a bunch of stuff. But not. I have to, I have to remember to stick to the topic of this recording. This um, um, segment. I don't want to. I don't want to go off topic. <laughs> I don't want to go off topic. But yeah. But I feel like this is. Well, this should be one of the final recordings I have towards the detox stage because I have detoxified my life of negativity and and unhappiness, and now I'm 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 finding myself again. I think that's what people mean when they say in the movies, "I'm finding." I want to go find myself. It's like I'm finding myself again. I'm I'm trying to find out what the things that I actually like, the things that I actually want to do. I'm living life on my own terms right now. I'm making my own money. I don't have to depend on anyone now. I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out what do I like to do. I'm just going to do a bunch of stuff and see if I like it, you know. <laughs> because I never really got the chance to do that before. But yeah. Yeah, so this should be one of either the last or one of the last recorders for the detox segment of this um, podcast. And then the next one will be more about, because I am still a black woman, I have not shed skin. So it, I'll still have a lot to say, but bye for now.